0: Hey guys, for those of you who have been keeping up with the podcast and listening to each episode, you may have noticed that this episode went up for a little while and then had to come right back down. Which sucked because it's a great episode and I think everybody's going to love listening to it. it's It's back up now, so that's the good news. We weren't aware that the show on march the 7th was not going to take place and we were promoting it and that is the reason that we had to bring it back down so at the end of this podcast you're going to hear justin uh, tim and myself promoting a show in irving kentucky on march 7th that show is no longer going to take place so thank you for listening And I hope you guys enjoy.
1: Hmm. Atlas Reed, Dominic McVeigh, and Tim Starr at the same table. And Aunt Kay is nowhere to be found. What's happening, boys?
0: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We are breaking the rules of wrestling today. And thank goodness we were able to get my good friend and tag team partner, Mr. Tim Starr, on the podcast today. How you doing, Tim?
2: I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys doing today? You're doing great. great. So, was you going to say something? No, I just said great. Oh, great. <laughs> great. Great.
0: great. 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 So, <laughs> so, I figured we might as well just jump into it. And I know Breed's already told us a little bit about how you got started training with your mother and you, you came from a wrestling family. So, I'm
2: going to let you tell us what that's like. Uh, Well, it's it's... It's rough uh, being uh, being the son of somebody who is, first off, a former hardcore champion. My my mother was um, the hardcore champion for IWA Mid South, so I was able to uh, I was able to kind of when I was training. I wasn't learning just the the normal basic stuff. I was getting beat up with weapons too. So, so it, it was kind of just I, I was learning just about everything there was to learn. Right, and for those of you out there
0: who know that wrestling is, of course, a work. What? Anyone in the what? wrestling. Whoa, whoa, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> what? Anyone in the wrestling business will tell you. You can't fake getting hit with a steel chair.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, I've never, I'll say this, out of every steel chair that I've been hit with, and I've been hit with a lot of steel chairs, there's (laughs) not been one of them that was aluminum. Uh, all those. so you didn't have none of those stunt chairs no, that everybody no speaks chairs. of <laughs> were no, on,
1: no were, stunt chairs were all those chair shots like in a show or did mama wake you up like
0: Tim
2: back I, mean, you know, <laughs> I told you three times that happened once <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my mama Delilah star.
0: <laughs> okay mama so
2: your mom your mother started out training you right uh, yes my b- mother and my brother and Breed were actually the three who, who trained me to wrestle. And a lot of people would probably say, oh, well, this guy was trained by his mama. So, so he, he had it easy. He don't know. And there was people in companies who was like, we're going to have to retrain this guy because he was just trained by mm-hmm. his mama. But that was the roughest training that, like, I had to do things that... You Normal mean, kids, really right? right yeah, yeah. Like it, it, when I got home from school, I was like doing push-ups and, and running laps around their house, and and like it, I was trained the way that she was trained, right? And so like I was, it was it was tough. I mean, it was I, a lot of sore days,
0: <laughs> and a lot of and a lot of people like that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like, there's a lot of guys that like work for their dad, and everybody thinks, oh, you got a gravy job, you work for your dad. When people don't realize this, 90% of the time, having your dad as your boss, he is 10 times harder on you than he would be any other employee because you're his son. And he wants you to meet his expectations and succeed. And, like, my dad, like, he worked for his dad. And he'll tell you, working for his dad was hard. Don't get me wrong, he loved it because him and his dad are, you know, they're close. But he was harder on him. He expected more out of him than he would have anybody else because it was his son. He expects him to be better. Yeah, Well, and see,
2: that right there is something that I've ran into a lot in the wrestling business is, is especially for people who knew my mom. It was, well, that's Delilah Starr's son, so he's in a hardcore match tonight. I got that all the time. Like, right. like, oh, I got that yeah. so much. And, and I never wanted to be one of the guys who just rolled the tails of my mom. Right. And And because I wanted people to know me. And so I had to kind of figure out a way to stand out from that, you know. But one thing that mom always taught me when it came to um to to wrestling is regardless of if you're regardless of, of if you're in a normal match, a tag match, a hardcore match, whatever, you want to tell that story. And 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 that's something that you miss out a lot in a lot of wrestling industries because they'll throw a hardcore match out there and they'll just be like, "Oh, just let them go beat each yeah, other yeah, up with weapons for, for ten minutes." I've and, worked and, and I've worked a few
0: hardcore matches since since I broke into the business, and I don't want to. I don't want to, and it's not because it hurts. Because people wrestling hurts anyways. I mean, it does. If you get hit with a A chair, yeah, it probably hurts more. But it still hurts regardless. So it has nothing to do with the hurt. I've been in hardcore matches, and I took it like a champ. I'm not afraid for you to hit me with something. I've been hit with stuff. Braddock wrapped a freaking kendo stick around my back in my second hardcore match. Well, not my back. My shoulder. It hit my shoulder and wrapped around my back. (laughs) And, like, I took it. And I didn't care to take it. It's wrestling. I love wrestling. All angles of it. But... My favorite part about wrestling is being in the ring and telling the story using the psychology because when you're, especially these, and I mean no disrespect when I say this because I don't mean it in the way it's going to sound, independent wrestling. Like, the hardcore matches they do, they're just that. They're just, let's beat the holy living crap out of each other with 50 weapons and then go home using a weapon. Mm -hmm. Whereas, if you, you could use psychology and you could build up A hardcore or uh, use psychology in a hardcore match, but you've got to do it right. Say it's even if it's gonna be a hardcore match, it could be a gimmick match, just like a uh, for like when I say gimmick match, I mean like Money in the Bank type match or whatever. But it could be any match like that. But okay, it's just like a Money in the Bank match. You tease it Mm -hmm. in a hardcore match. Get that chair. Go at. Tim Star with that heart with that steel chair, but he kicks you in the gut. You don't get to use it. Right. Oh, they almost used the weapon. And let that because build that's your what builds beat. up the anticipation you in know, a whole hard hardcore match. match. That's
1: what the fans are wanting. They want the weapons. They want mm-hmm. the chaos. They want violence. The so so they, they give it to make them
0: wait.
2: So they give it to them right off the bat. They, make them yeah, wait.
0: Make them wait. It, make them wait
2: because it, it's kind of like you're giving a sucker to a little kid and then pulling it back. Yeah, like you're the making them work life. for it. You're making them ch- chase it. And I mean. Most hardcore matches don't start with
1: sixteen super kicks. So I mean, how do you even watch one? <laughs> right. How do you even watch one? Right.
0: It's not entertaining if there's not at least eighteen super kicks in the match. Yeah, my, my I said sixteen. <laughs> Actually, the minimum is eight. Oh no, you're right. They start it with sixteen, and, and then, then the, the last two is the home spot. The last two. So, <laughs> what, that's the last. Well, you can't put somebody away. down with one super kick after you've gave them fifteen others. So I mean, well, that one was the one. Yeah. That one landed just right. Oh, and, uh, it's like boxing. Maybe you're right. It's yeah. like boxing. Yeah, only you catch catching with that hook. Kicks. You catch him with that just hook. It, finally you time it just right. Is it one of them bang <laughs> the first fifteen, hit the side of the face? You got yeah, that last hit yeah. just right square there on chin. the chin. Right, but no, you can build it up that way. You go with that chair shot. He kicks you in the gut. Oh, he didn't use it. He he picks up the trash can. He goes to. His, he swings it at your head, but you duck it, and he hits the turnbuckle, and it's like, when are they going to hit each other? And then. Towards the end of the match, give them the grand finale.
2: Beat the crap out of each other with every weapon you got. Mm-hmm. The got. But at least is, tease it. The, the thing is, is, is whenever you're in that ring, wrestling is still wrestling. And that's what I feel like a lot of people forget is, is that, that you're still trying to build that heat. You're still trying to, to build that anticipation for things. You're still trying to, to build the, those things up. And if you go out there and you just give it all to them all at once, then nobody's going like, well, that happened. If you pull a sledgehammer out at the beginning of the
1: match, what do you have to go to from there? Like,
0: What tops of sledgehammer? Say you have, you know. A gun? Say you have your, <laughs> you see a lot of Sword?
1: wet floor signs. You see trash can lids. You see kendo sticks, chairs. Work your way up. Right. Level one. Level two. I'm finally, i got to use a chair. This, yeah, this is not that, like that, right that
0: wet floor sign didn't hurt too bad. Yeah. It just smacked That didn't end lamb. the match. Uh, no, no. Don't get me wrong. They hurt. <laughs> I, <feel like> crazy. <laughs> I was in that that same hardcore match with Braddock, and when he hit me in the back with it, it like wrapped around mm-hmm. and smacked my ribs. Ow. And I had the imprint—you know, the top part that folds. Yeah, I had, I had the imprint of that right there on my ribs. Yeah, thank you.
2: One of the uh, one of the roughest matches that I've that I've ever had. Was was actually against Braddock. Shout out to Braddock. Uh, we we talked quite a bit about him in a few minutes. We've been talking. Uh, uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite matches that I've ever competed in was the one we did in Russell County. And that match started with like towards the front minutes of that match. He takes a wet floor sign and shattered that thing across my back yeah and like there was pieces flying everywhere, and I didn't realize it till I got home, but I actually pulled a little piece of it out of my back when I was laying in bed that night.
0: I watched that match. <laughs> I actually came out of the curtains and stood at the sign at the side of the uh entrance and speaking of like I wasn't really well in Russell County, I got cheered because I was with breed breeds hometown, yeah um. By default, I'm hometown guy. Face by association, <laughs> right? Face by association, exactly. And so I'm standing outside the curtain, and this is my first picture with uh, at at a wrestling event with a fan. It was like this kid's like over in the crowd across the ring, and he's like waving, and I was like, waving, like on the, hey kid, yeah. I mean, there's a match going on in the ring, and he's like. And I was like, "What's he like? He can't, they can't hear." Oh yeah, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> so he waves me over there, and I'm like, <laughs> uh, "So he waves me over there, and I'm like, I can't go over there. That's the crowd." So I, I wave him to me, and he comes running around there, and he's like, "Hey," and I'm like, "What's up?" Because <laughs> I don't know how to act in this situation at this point, and I'm just like, "What's up? <laughs> hey, hey, kid, little guy," and he's like. I was like, you, you want a picture or something? And he was like, Yeah. And so he comes around. I put my fist up. We take the picture. Anyways, I'm watching that match as all this is going on. You can see I was really invested in your match with the <laughs> kid. <taking> the- <laughs> but, and, <laughs> there was a chair shot in that match too, right? Yes. Was it you or Braddock that got hit with that chair? I can't remember. But I just remember hearing
2: it echo. Through the fairground, He hit me with the chair so hard in that match that I, I stopped breathing for a second. <laughs> <laughs> he knocked your breath out of, he knocked knocked your, breath breath. Out of your head. <laughs> yeah, like it, it was like I, I was seeing little birdies. I was seeing little birdies flying around my head. <laughs> he, he crawls over there and I think he went for a pin or a headlock or something after that. And he goes, you ain't got concussion, do you? Like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> what well, I know? Would
1: I know if I
0: had a concussion? <laughs> right, that's, that's not a question you could ask somebody with a concussion. Do you have a concussion? Well, my fingernails are bleeding. It's Tuesday. <laughs>
1: what? It is, in fact, not Tuesday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a Saturday night.
1: But, <laughs> wait, I just have to say that in so such true character of Dominic... Tim's like, my favorite match ever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I was there. So, something about me. Let me just talk about me for a second. To hell with your hey, match. Hold up,
0: hold up, hold up. This is called wrestling and ramblings for a reason. It's called wrestling and ramblings because we may start out on one subject and end on a completely different subject. That is why we say we're, you're listening to a original Justin and Jamie phone call. You should have <laughs> called it. Side quest. Side quest. <laughs> yeah. We can
1: never get to the main point because of so all the side quests. Hey, we should do this. You know, we should talk about this too. And one time I was there and that happened. Maybe so we like should have went with quest. Tr- like, Maybe we should have
0: yeah. went with that. Side quest. Excuse me. New name. We, we're having a poll on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, we're, Facebook poll later. Get on there and vote. I know you guys already have your t-shirts. <laughs> but, but, no, uh, but I remember watching the home spot of that match. And if I'm not mistaken, it was plywood set up on two chairs, correct? Yes. Okay. So I lost my breath watching that match for a moment. Because they go home and one of them is on the second rope, which was you.
2: I was what? on I was going to the top rope, he was on the second.
0: Okay, yes. Yeah. So like a superplex type yeah. spot, right? Just to give a visual for people. And as they're doing that, this ring is bouncing a little bit. And I see that table. Or well, makeshift table plywood on chairs wobbling and i'm like no stay 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 because i think tim's about to get superplexed onto this makeshift table it falls and turns sideways mm-hmm. and i'm like no 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 no!" and for two seconds
2: i almost yelled don't <laughs> 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 And I was like, no, I can't do that. Well, I mean, we were, we were already up there. There was only one more way to go, you know. Right. I mean, I mean, it was, I mean somebody's got to go down. Yeah. One way
0: or another, once you get to that second rope, you're invested. If he just steps down and changes his mind, it's nah, like, we, mind. no, we'll just go with a nah,
2: that, that's That yeah. That will probably hurt. I'm not going to do that. But um, I remember that, that match so clearly for, for one thing, like the, the feeling of, of whenever we got ready to set up for that, and, and I, like, I'm climbing over the ropes, and I'm looking out, it's my hometown, I'm looking out, it's the finals of the hardcore title tournament, they were doing it in Russell County, and, and I get to the second rope, and I'm looking around, and I've got, like, all these people around me, and that, like, they're all cheering for me, and, like, a, uh, I remember looking up at, at the, the the timekeeper table and I see, I see Johnny sitting up there and I just, I just go, wow. <laughs> and I, I stand up there and I heard something thump whenever he got off of it because he was laying on it. When he got off of it, I heard something thump. And I was like, did it just fall? And he's like, don't matter, we're going. And we go and we hit it. That's a good thing. We hit it, but I decided at the end of it that I was going to throw in there. I was working uh, at, at a grocery store as, as a night manager at the time. And there were some people that that were, that I worked with that had came to the show They wanted to see me wrestle. And uh, they had went and told my boss Tim's not gonna be at work. <laughs> and and like she was like, Wow, what happened? And they had recorded me going through that table. And depart from their angle, it looked like I broke my neck. Because I threw that roll in there. Right at, at the very end. Right. And and I just did it for an extra <laughs> added, you know. Theatrical. And then I come in to pick up my paycheck that day and, and my boss, Melissa, looks at me and she goes, how are you walking? Oh. I mean, I'm sore. With my feet. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm, I'm just walking in. She goes, I <laughs> like just like you did, what, Just like you did. <laughs> she goes, i just seen what happened to you last night. How are you standing here in front of me? <laughs> I'm like, does this mean I get the day off? She's like, "Are you able to work?" I was like, "I planned on it." She goes, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you you can still come to work, but should you go to the doctor first?" I'm like, "No, no, I'm I'm good." I don't
0: remember what I <laughs> what, what I did last night. I don't remember driving home. But
1: should have looked her dead in her face when she said, "Are you are you all? you should have been like, yeah, I'm fine. Wrestling's fake."
0: Oh. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> But so was that your first time wrestling at home?
2: That was my first time wrestling at home. That's that's pretty cool because you have been doing this for like twelve years. This will know? be twelve years in March. Yeah. So this is
1: this is this is my third. So eat that. <laughs> I got in a ring once. <laughs>
2: <laughs> y'all remember? Y'all were that. Okay. <laughs> yep. Y'all were talking earlier about what uh what tops a sledgehammer? Apparently. Masked people coming out of caskets, that'll do it. Yeah,
0: apparently. Yeah,
1: that'll do
2: it. Every time. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody expects
1: to have a coffin open and a live body come out.
0: (laughs) It's like something you see on a horror movie. (laughs) But... I don't know who came up with that. They deserve a pat on the back. (laughs) So, in... Well, wasn't technically your first time wrestling in Russell County, right? Right. First time sanctioned... First,
2: first time sanction. Yeah, uh, first time. There were times uh, that I was scheduled to to be in Russell County for shows, and it didn't work out gotcha. for gotcha. one gotcha. reason or another. But uh, and then there was one time where that I, I did a training session in Russell County, and I was trained, of course, in Russell County. So so, so to say, it was my first time actually wrestling in Russell right. County. Yeah, right. Now that you've
0: brought that, up, <laughs> we were just talking about this earlier before we started recording, and we'll go ahead and bring that this up because I talked about this. I think I told most of the story with Breed,
2: but there's an interesting <laughs> connection between you and me, right? Oh, I was at a show actually. Yeah the the show that I actually met Dominic McVay at That's for right. the first well, actually, time. Actually, uh, you met about fifteen sixteen year old Jamie Keith. Yeah, like. like and, it, it, it's it's kind of funny because like, wig came out of the ring and I hadn't been wrestling really long at that point. No, you were quite. A bit
0: younger. How old are you now? Twenty.
2: I'm thirty. 30? I just turned
0: thirty. Okay, so we're the same age. Yeah. So,
1: young.
0: Uh, he got to start on me. Yeah. Quite. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about training when I'm like sixteen years old and he's <laughs> just had a match. But
1: yeah, I was uh, I was thirty-four.
0: <laughs> so, so. Uh, <laughs> so For those of you who are from around here, which most of you are, because we don't have a very wide following right now, but Jamestown always does the Lake Fest fireworks. I decide to go with my grandma to the Lake Fest fireworks. I go off on my own because hanging out with your grandma at the Lake Fest festival isn't very cool of you, apparently. Um, What? So I go, (laughs) I watch the Lake Fest with my grandma every year. Idiot. Don't you ever talk bad about my grandma. <laughs> Not just your grandma, man. I didn't say. <laughs> how many other leg fests
1: you got with somebody with cornbread in their place? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody has my grandma with cornbread <laughs> in their place. The So
0: first. I go stumbling around Jamestown, the square, and all that, and I stumble across this wrestling ring set up in pretty much backyard. Uh, I go through, I watched, I think I got to see the last two matches because I didn't even know it was there. I just, like I said, stumbled across it. And I stick around after the show And you guys were talking with people And you know Fans coming up Hey good show Whatever blah blah And I start talking To this Little guy In the middle of the ring (laughs) About training Said his name was Tim (laughs) Personally I thought he was a prick (laughs) But Anyways I may have still been training myself At that time There's a reason Why I thought he was a prick (laughs) <laughs> and that's because he said, you want to train to wrestle? I said, yeah. He said, wrestling's fake, right? I said, well, I don't. Th- and and here's, here, <laughs> here is the kicker of all this. Because a lot of, I'm sure there's been a lot of people that have been like, you sure you got what it takes to train to wrestle? And the guy go, man, wrestling's fake. Yes, I could do it. I didn't give that answer. Because people, if you're asking a wrestler to train you, and that is your response to that question You deserve what came after this for me. (laughs) I gave the right answer. I was like, well, no, I know it's not fake. I mean, determined, maybe, whatever. I don't think I said it in those words. (laughs) But I basically gave the answer, no, wrestling is like, you're predetermined, but it's not fake. It hurts. I get it. I believe that it hurts because you can't teach somebody to fall off the top of a ladder through a table and it not hurt. Well, Tim proceeds to say... Right across my chest and say, Does that feel fake? And I'm like, I didn't say it. It's fake. <laughs> but of course, no, me, at 16 year old, cocky little teenage <laughs> punk, I'm like, No, I felt good. <laughs> and then, like, I, 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 I asked something else. He threw me into a turnbuckle just to show me how it felt. And that was pretty cool. And no, but overall, you know, it's, it was a good experience. I taught, And you were going to train me, and you told me where to come to train. It was over Wolf Creek somewhere.
2: Yeah.
0: And You said, you can see the ring from the road. (laughs) That wasn't true. There's no way that that was true because I go to my grandma and I'm I'm, I'm talking to my dad about it. My dad's like, you don't want to do that. Like, you're going to end up getting hurt because it's... Because you're going to end up getting hurt. Right. Anyways, (laughs) it's dangerous, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I really want to do this. And my dad finally gives in. He's like, if you really want to do it. And so me and my grandma take off in... I've already said this once, but my 1988 Pontiac 6,000, because I've only got my permit. Do they even make and those anymore? They do not make those anymore. So, <laughs> they don't, and, and rightfully so. I, they probably should have been discontinued the first year they were made. I don't know if there was an 87, but there was an 88, and I hope there wasn't an 89. Uh, I, had, <laughs> I had a radio in that I called my jukebox, and everybody asked me why I called it my jukebox. And it's because there was a short in it, and it was one of those the aftermarket radios you put in. Not a CD player, aftermarket radio. Yeah. But the facing, you could take the facing off of it, but the facing had a short in it, so you had to stick two pennies and under in between the facing and the part that holds it for it to play, because that, that, that connected the short. Super safe. Yeah, super safe. <laughs> Not a fire hazard at all.
1: Note the constant beeping of the smoke detector
0: because he knows he does dumb shit against <laughs> it.
1: <to> <laughs>
0: so, anyways, anyways, we jump in that 1988 Pontiac Six Thousand. We head down to Wolf Creek. We're driving around Wolf Creek. I can't see a ring from the road. <laughs> uh, we drive around for probably 30 minutes. My grandma's like, "You're not gonna find it." And I'm like, no, you're right, because I don't even know where I'm at now. So can you get me back out of here? Because I don't know where I'm at. I'm, I've, I've got limited driving experience at this age. And that was it. Never heard from you again, because you didn't have my phone number. Yeah, we and didn't exchange that numbers. Was, that was that smart of us. That was very was, smart of us. That's how you should conduct listen, business. We were we
2: were young. <laughs> and actually, at the time, I, I was still in training myself. So like, Which brings me to my next point. <laughs> How
0: did you plan on training me, um, or was you bringing me for someone else to train? I was
2: actually bringing you for to training. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so that, Well that's so that's another that's, twist to that's, this that's, this little turn uh, here. Yeah, like I was, I was still in the process of training myself during right. that time. I was not old enough in order to actually be licensed. The show you were talking about, uh, I, I was not on the show itself. Oh, gotcha. I was just kind of training and and. To be honest with you, I don't even remember the name of that company no, uh, I don't, that I don't that we that we were. Uh, I remember that uh, <clears throat> my mom had hooked us up with them some which way or another, and uh, like I, I was kind of getting my first footings in an actual professional wrestling ring, and by that I mean I was basically helping set up and take down and taking bumps and, right, and stuff like right. that. And I just,
0: I mean, it was, it was interesting, because now you fast forward to 2017, and, well, actually, no, let's go back, because I'm going too far now. I'm at Walmart waiting for the new release of a SmackDown game, or a SmackDown versus Raw game for the PS2, and I run into this guy named PJ.
2: <laughs>
0: shout out, P- and P- Yeah, <laughs> and this is like the third shout out he's got on this show. <laughs> so, I run into PJ. And he's talking, and I'm not going to go over this completely word for word because I think I did on the last podcast, but I run into PJ, and he we start talking about wrestling, things we like about the games, what we hope they do on this year's game, blah, 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 blah. And uh, he says, I've got – he's my I come from a wrestling family. And he's like, I've got a – my mom did it, Delilah Star. He, he asked me if I've heard of him. I've never heard of your mother. But – and then he says, Tim Star. And I don't know, I even know how I remembered it, honestly, because I, I suck with names, but – it resonated in there and I was like wait a minute Tim started? <laughs> like, he used to Was he from Russell County? And, you know that discussion happened and that was that and then I would run into PJ occasionally and then turns out that he was a mutual friend between me and my friend Richie Sims and I probably shouldn't give last names if, if we ever do get like a maximum amount of, amount of listeners yeah, <laughs> People be. anyways my friend Richie the mutual friend. Shout out Richie. Uh not Sims. Different last name, don't you Yeah, Sims. not Sims. It was Richie uh
2: Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: had another friend named Richard Wilson.
2: that <laughs> it. What are the chances of that? Right. His name was Napoleon
0: Beauregard. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Anyways, we gotta we we got to talking. and we would talk about wrestling just about any time he seen me. Uh I was, at the time, at around late 2016 on into 2017, some, I was looking into starting up my own promotion because that was a way that I, I knew into the business. I knew if I could get in that way, then I'm in, and now I can find somebody to train me, then I can start wrestling blah, and book myself into the championship, as uh, Justin said <laughs> over here the other night. Yep. Uh, <laughs> So, good idea. It's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, well, well used, foolproof. Well <laughs> used. It's, it's foolproof. It's a well used. Well used. So, so anyways, I call the commissioner, or the commissioner wants to talk with me. So I call the commissioner, and he's like, "Look, man, if you ain't got no experience, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to give you a license, a promoter's license, blah, you know." And he's, and rightfully so, because now being on the inside of the business, I see that I probably would have failed miserably because there's more to it than just booking matches and carrying a ring to a venue. The, all the paperwork and stuff—I had no idea about all of it. And he's like, "So PJ's like, well, what about just training to wrestle?" And I was like, "I don't have that kind of money, PJ. Like, I don't even have the money to start this promotion. Really, I mean, this is something I'm just working towards." And he kind of taught me into t- training because he was like, "It's everybody doesn't, you know, charge you your house to train." Right and he gets me in contact with Breed. Uh, We talk, and I meet Breed in Somerset at the National Guard Armory for my first training session. Well, I've been there for about five minutes in the ring. I've taken my first bump, I've taken my first flip bump, and all of a sudden, here comes this guy walking out from behind the curtain. (laughs) And I look, and I'm like, is that Tim Star? He said, yeah, I said, dude, that's crazy, and I told you about meeting me you yeah. once you got in the ring and you started to recall it. And anyways, now you fast forward to now, your your second match in Russell County was me and you. Yeah. Like it was it was it was starring. And now we're starting. <laughs> now it has came full it circle is all the way full around circle. to the guy that was supposed to be training me when you invited me to Russell County as as a sixteen-year-old kid, is now training me at twenty-seven years old. <laughs> and Later on, I'm going to become partners with the guy that was going to set me up with him. It was uh, just a wild twist in tournament.
2: I have an interesting story about about that that first training session that you were at. Uh, or, or maybe it, it might have been the second. It was one of them early ones. Uh, you had took a flip bump and it looked great. And, and uh, Braddock looks at me. He goes, hey, come watch this guy train. I'm like, okay. So we, we come and we're we're standing just right behind the curtain and we're watching. And and clear as day Breed, we heard Breed look at you and go, You take back body drop? You go, Yeah. Well he whips you into the turnbuckle and you stumble out. He gives you a back body drop and I thought he was gonna throw you through the roof. <laughs> And like like, whenever you land, you went so high off that back body drop. I guess you went at least three foot above his head. <laughs> like like, and and I'm not exaggerating there, folks. Like that's about how far breeds head. And and I look at Braddock and I'm like, Ugh, when he go make sure he's okay, and he's like, no, he's took everything like that. And I go, he landed so perfect. <laughs> And that is how the reflection <laughs> of perfection was not, born. Not, not. Sometimes you gotta sprinkle a little stardust on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah well
1: you gotta sprinkle that stardust until <laughs> I wash it off. It's great. It's great when you get kudos from your
2: boss, Dominic. <laughs> My boss. Star, yeah. star, ain't star, I'm just You're saying. Right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's, it's, we are what? the stars of the show. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, I thought Aunt Kay walked back in the door. <laughs> Never mind.
0: I love you, Jamie. <laughs> I love you too, Justin. So, man, you've been doing this for 12 years. Eggs and pains all uh, the time?
2: Every day. Every, every day. day. I wake up, and there's mornings I wake up, and I can't hardly get out of bed because I've just put my body through so much. And, and a lot of it was one thing I absolutely love. About, about Renegade and where I work now is they did the hardcore thing with Tim Stars and and then they're like, okay, we're done with that, we're gonna move on to something else. And for the first time in my wrestling career I'm actually not forced into hardcore matches because of my mom's name. And that and that's awesome. And that's that's wonderful. <laughs> it is fantastic. Well because
0: I know I've been, I've been in, as I say I've been in the business for going on three years. August 2nd of this year, I have been licensed for three years. And I've already picked up some of the aches and pains. Like my hip, you know, something as simple as my hip. There's, there's a constant, like, nagging in it. My, my lower back, stuff like that. You put your body through so much abuse. And you don't even realize it until it's like, oh, I moved the wrong way, and I felt that in my neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, like, I get with Justin about a year and a half or so into my wrestling career, and I'm like, hey, man, I need you to show me how to do this stuff in the gym because I'm a buck thirty in the land of two thirty so I'm getting outweighed weighed by 230 pounds. It's never going to look right if I do start winning because I'm not winning at this point. <laughs> I'm jobbing, and Justin gets me into the gym. Justin gets me into the gym, and starts showing me how to do this stuff. And now I'm just a buck sixty in the land of the two thirties. But so I combine where I'm getting with this is I go into the gym, I start doing this weight stuff, plus the wrestling. And now I have even more aches and pains because the gym takes its toll. I mean, even if you're doing it right, at some point, you're going to tweak something. Something's going to happen. You're going to pull a muscle. You're going to do something. But wrestling has definitely left its, its uh, scars on me. So that's why I ask, you know, what, how are you feeling? Because people don't realize, and I've watched this guy. I haven't even done this, and I've got aches and pains. I've watched this guy take back bumps. not even back bumps, uh, back bumps is a, is a lightly put term. Watch him take back body drops on concrete floors and do elbow drops off the apron onto the concrete floor. And so I know you're hurt. I know you've got a hurt at some point,
2: but how long do you plan on taking it? How long do you plan on going? As long as I can, as long as I can, uh, there was two people that were inspiration for me growing up. Going, that's actually where I was going. With this. Uh, <laughs> there, there was two people. I, of course, grew up in a wrestling family, and and I always wanted to be. I wanted to be the one that that people looked at in my family as being the the guy, being the top guy, and uh, as far as the family, you know, and so. Uh, I got to thinking who could I take inspiration from and Owen Hart. Uh the arrogant whiny heel right. who who uh, uh, he's always better than Brett. He's always he can I'm not great. an aardvark Yeah, I'm not an bark. i I'm, I'm I'm the real best there is and, yeah. and I took a lot of inspiration from Owen Hart. And then I got to realizing that that people in the wrestling business are always going to... At that point, I was thinking, well, people were always going to throw me in hardcore matches. I've Got to make the best out of what you got. Right. And so I took a lot of inspiration from Mr. Mick Foley, and I would not suggest that. On <laughs> that. Yeah, that's not... Mick probably <laughs> wouldn't suggest that. If you, it, 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 was, uh, it was a hard... I can't tell you,
0: Mick isn't <laughs> going to suggest that.
2: Well, like, I... I read his first book. I, I remember when I was when I was young in the business, uh, maybe, uh, probably about where you're at now, two or three years in, uh, I picked up his book, and I, I, I read it, and I was like... I read that one, too. It, it, it was a really good book, and I got to thinking, you know, he brings up a lot of interesting points in, in this business. And so I, I started doing a lot of shows in Tennessee, and... and uh, here in Kentucky, there, there's regulations, and now I completely see why <laughs> those are in place. Uh, if you if you are a professional wrestler, folks, and you don't know why those regulations are in place, go wrestling in Tennessee, and you will quickly figure it out. Uh, well,
0: <laughs> man, <laughs> and th- th- here's the one regulation, and that. Out of all the regulations to keep people safe, this is going to sound kind of stupid. But at the same time, it's going to make sense if you look at things the way I do. <laughs> because in Kentucky, if you want to get color or, or bleed in a match, you know, do a blade job, however you're going to do it, if you want to do that, you have to go through a lot of flaming hoops Yeah, with, for the commission to do that. You have to go have be, be tested, this and that, like all kinds of... You know regulations you got to jump through, and then I hear in Tennessee without the commission they don't even do that. No. Like you don't have to bring bring blood work to your promoter if if you want to get color you just cut yourself, yeah, and bleed on the guy that's in the ring with you. Well, what if that guy bleeding on you in the ring has hep, hep, hepatitis or right. HIV or whatever like yeah. coronavirus? Coronavirus <laughs> that's that's a big one, but. Yeah, I'm like you. I I understand the regulations in Kentucky way more now that I'm in the business. Yeah, and and I've not even wrestled in Tennessee yet.
1: And we mean we mean the shitty promotions of Tennessee. All you big promotions that have a lot of stardom and fame behind you. DMs are open. We love you. Yes. Yeah. Slide into my <laughs> DMs. Yes.
0: yes. <laughs> uh,
2: and and I'm not dogging Tennessee as a whole. It's just I've worked in some. Not so right. good places. Well, and then I and work in some really good well, places. But well, you you've
1: got those not so and, good places. And when so you find talking. yourself in a not so good place with no regulations, then you're in a real not so good place. Well, right. see,
2: I I went to a show with this guy one time. He's like, oh, man, we're we're going to go down there. We we sell out every time. I'm like, well, okay, well, let's go. <laughs> and, and so, like, we go. And I kid you not, he pulls up to the back of a trailer park. <laughs> he pulls up to the back of a trailer park, and I'm like, "Where's the venue?" He goes, "Right here." And I go, "What do y'all sell out of? Percocets? What?" <laughs> well, well, my my next question was, uh, "Where's the <laughs> ring?" <He goes, laughs> where's <in> the ring. <laughs> He goes, see them uh, sticks? And I go, I'm going home. <laughs> sticks? Yeah, sticks. He had he had some. Yeah, I've got to have this sticks. explanation. He had tobacco sticks. Oh. They drove were, into the ground. For ring post. Yeah, for a ring post. And I looked at him, I said, listen, man. I said, I'm a professional wrestler.
1: Not tonight. I'm not. <laughs>
2: nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not. And, and I didn't do the show. And And, but... I will give the guy kudos. Just about everybody in that trailer park came to that show that night. Tim. So, <laughs> Tim. What else were they going to do?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean. And, and I'm not. God. See, I'm not made for podcasts.
2: <laughs>
0: I mean was, no ill will to any trailer park living person that is except the one Tim's talking about. We mean yeah, that
2: all <laughs> the I can imagine <laughs> Continue. Like hey, hey. and and that was an experience all in itself and I, I I told him I said I'm not working a show with that being the ring. Just forget it. Right, yeah I mean, and, right. and so so like like when when what was the ropes made out of? I'm curious. Grass string? You know that uh Lord, I can't even think of what it was. A bunch of interlocked bungee cords? No, it was, like a, it was like tobacco string that brown, oh, so it's wine, grass wine, and it's <laughs> kind of like grass. You <laughs> were pretty close, and wine. so it was, oh, it was, God. it was bad. I wonder what And, and, and I there. don't really talk what about they, that experience uh, very often. What do they, they use as like the the canvas? It was just a tarp laying on the ground. Oh, Jesus. Like it, it was. Oh, I want you to think of the biggest. Or, or the absolute worst backyard wrestling ring that you can think of and you just, just know. You just told me this one is, this, one is, huh. this one is, this one is, means, worse. <laughs> At least they have old mattresses stacked and, up on top like, of each other. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah talking about uh,
1: getting
2: hepatitis. <laughs> it like, 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 it was horrible. And I, I told him, I said, listen, guys, I said, I, 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 I was licensed in Kentucky at the time, and I'm like, I don't want them to think I'm coming down to Tennessee and working backyard shows. Well, I
0: mean, and, okay. And,
2: okay, well, see, the thing is,
0: is like what you just said, you're licensed. Yeah. Which means you can go anywhere in Kentucky and get in a real wrestling ring. Right. Why would
2: you risk that having that opportunity to take bumps on a tarp? Right, and 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 that's exactly what I told the guy, and he goes, "Man, I I know I shouldn't have even asked you." You didn't ask and, me. And, you
1: drove me down
2: here. We <laughs> are <right> here. <laughs> like like when when we pulled up, like my reaction to it, I can't even imagine what he was thinking because I was like, "Where's the venue?" Right, and he's like, "Right here," and I'm like,
1: "What's a venue?" Where's the ring? <laughs> what, what, what,
2: uh, venue. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we don't have no vineyards around here. We don't make wine, right. moonshine, boy. Right. I'm like I, I can only hope. I've not talked to the guy in years. I can only hope that that he's doing much better now than he was back then. Uh, but that was an experience. That was an experience. You, you have a lot of bad shows. Like you, you get you get people who will try to come up to you and invite you to their shows and try to lure you away and, and they'll give you all these promises and, and these things and then when you show up and they don't deliver, you're just kind of sitting there like, okay.
1: Now you can kind of scout stuff though. Like, if somebody said that to you now, you'd be like, what's it called? And you'd be like, yeah, ELW, <laughs> Empty Lot Wrestling. <laughs> Over there on the Empty Lot. <laughs> uh, where's the ring? Uh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had to pawn the ring for PBRs.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where was I going with this? I don't remember where I was going with this. See, that's why. Sorry. That's why, ram- that's why the <laughs> rambling side of things isn't isn't as good as just the wrestling side of things. So you uh, you've been wrestling for twelve years now. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, probably watched it much longer than that. Uh, what do you think of today's product?
2: I'm actually one of the people who actually like today's product as a whole. Um, <clears throat> I might get a lot of heat from what I'm about to say. Oh, God. Don't regarding me. regarding uh, where people stand with, with certain organizations, but... I'm a fan of modern day WWE. I, I I like I like the product and and the thing is is now that that like I listen to to a podcast called Something to Wrestle with quite a bit.
0: Shout out to Bruce Prichard.
2: Shout out <laughs> to Bruce Prichard and Conrad Thompson. Uh We know they're listening. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They, they're hearing every word of this, and We're, they are enjoying it. And, and I actually Tell enjoy... Tell me how much you like SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do enjoy what I'm seeing on TV, but now I kind of understand why Vince McMahon says he's not a wrestling promotion, he's an entertainment company. And and there's that big line in between those two that Vince McMahon has created. right. That makes him sit on top of what he does, but, and Go ahead. as far as the in-ring work, I do believe that they're held back so much. Uh, I do believe that my, my favorite wrestler going today, besides myself and Dominic McVeigh, <laughs> is Dolph Ziggler. I think he has mass amounts of talent, motherfucking sale, and 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 I think he has absolutely wonderful talent. I think the man should be pushed way more than what he is, and and another guy that I have to give props to is Drew McIntyre, and and I, I remember the last time I watched the Modern Product was the Royal Rumble of this year, mm-hmm. and uh. I was entertained with. Rube. I was very entertained with. I just it. watched the Rumble. I so not speak on the matches. And then when Dolph, uh, or when uh, when Drew McIntyre comes out, I go, man, I would do anything if they would put that man over, but it's not going to happen. Oh, I knew and that it was as soon as and he out. And, and then like he comes out, and they do the spot with Brock, and I'm like, he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got it right yeah. there like that's, there right there was just that that's your main event. Cuz <laughs> I said whoever eliminates
1: Brock is definitely winning the right. You yeah. Can't yeah. Have or the person who eliminates
0: I, I and that's what I was saying was anybody who eliminates block Brock wins the rumble. If Brock or <laughs> if <laughs>
2: really Really? It's a good thing we're not on camera, <laughs> right? <laughs> Let me just take
1: paint the picture. I tried to throw my cigarette into my mouth twice and failed, and <laughs> number
2: three, <laughs> and he failed
1: again, and again. Fifth time's a charm.
2: I'll <laughs> um, keep it here. I'll throw it like a dart. I, I am entertained by what WWE is putting out, and sadly, and for those of you all who enjoy it, I'm sorry. I'm not so much entertained by AEW and they've got mass amounts of talent there but then they waste screen time on people who who want to barely kick people
1: one good part about AEW I love and I think it's better than any heel they've got going in WWE or anywhere is MJF MJ- they need to push that kid and, when, and they are I mean he's against Cody Rhodes Which, the, the king of the castle so I mean
0: and they're you definitely said that, pushing him so be careful because there's a sensitivity with MJF and Tim's story he, he stole does my line <clears throat> Tim we can't go back to this anymore <laughs> 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 I mean we discussed this and I love you brother
2: <laughs> like he did it I, <laughs> I, And and here's the thing about that a lot of people don't believe me when I say this, especially one of the guys probably sitting at the this table. The guy that outed him. <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard MJF say that. In all honesty, when Tim told me that was going to be our
0: little catchphrase, I was cool with it, because I didn't know who MJF was. Look, I and- never heard the catchphrase either,
1: and my brother-in-law, Cameron Bryant, shout out to Cameron Bryant, told me, that's MJF slime, and I was like, well, let me watch this kid, and I have not stopped watching that oh, kid it- since and One of the most impressive heels
0: ever.
2: He he's definitely got mass amounts of, of, of talent. And the man can use a microphone like oh, like yeah. no other. He's twenty two, too. That's
1: that's the thing. He's twenty two and he understands the psychology so much better than these guys who in AEW think they're over. So they're like trying to put these guys over and, and whatever, the Bucks, Omega. The in Japan, yeah, Omega was super over. And the Bucks were In
0: Japan I would be over.
1: And 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 what ring of honor the bucks were pretty over. So, and I mean they sell a lot of t-shirts, but they think they're at that level in the US to where, oh, well, you beat the young bucks and it's like, okay. Uh, the, <laughs> the new audience that's not been keeping up with you guys has no idea who you kids are. And you have potential. Like they all have potential to do it if they would have a match instead of a gymnastics competition, I had I
2: think I
0: had the young bruts brought up to brought up to me mostly to, most, or a bunch of times mostly in the locker room. And I didn't know who they were. Like, I had no clue who they were. And when I heard what they were doing, I never looked them up. I never saw the Young Bucks do anything. Not one thing until AEW.
1: And see, that, that, that'll
0: give you a real bad taste in your mouth because they just they go full throttle and they don't. I mean,
1: right? The, the first time I saw the Bucks was when, in Ring of Honor, I looked up when Broken Matt Hardy and Brother Nero Jeff Hardy, Went and wrestled them, and you're going to get a good match with right. the Hardy Boys. Right. They let the Hardy Boys well, call it. It's, Surely, they let the Hardy Boys call that match, right? So, you're going to get a good match. I hope. But, it's just, it's not like they can't do the
2: moves. It's fantastic. But at some point, something needs to put you away. They they do. They do. The guys are very talented to an extent but when when 90% of your match is super kicks super kicks and flips and, and flips. flops and and like the first time I seen them do the, the spot the, the first experience I had watching the Young Bucks was in, in TNA when they were Generation Me and they did the, the spot where the uh, one of them picks them up for a tombstone and the other one jumps up and like flips and split legs and I was like that's amazing I thought that spot was amazing, but right. then it like I started watching them and like it was getting overused. Major, right? Yeah. And like, like that's a home spot. Anywhere you go, but yeah. you got people kicking out of that left and right, and I'm well, like, it's like the, it's right. like I, I spoke on the last show, the Canadian destroyer. It's used
0: three times in every match. Like, not literally. I realize there's not a Canadian driver used in every match, but I'm saying. They will use that three times in every match, and all three times it's kicked out of.
1: They're playing. That's to, a finisher. They're playing to that fan base that just wants to see the moves, wants to see the moves. And they've got 50 year old Dustin Rhodes doing Canadian Destroyers.
2: Why? It, you have
1: better psychology than most people in that locker room. The Probably thing that anybody.
2: Got, the thing that got to me was seeing Ricky Morton do it and having to have help. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, I mean, it's impressive on. that Dustin can do that. It's right, super yeah, props. But,
1: but at that age, to not—I I don't know. It's but well, uh, there's a lot of AEW that's just like. I'll give the young bucks their credit. I have—I mean—I'm critical. Jamie knows this. We speak a lot on the phone. I'm very critical of the Bucks. I'm not a super fan, but their matches are getting better. They'll have a match with like SCU, which is like Kaz and you know, boys, right. um, Not Daniels,
0: I, but um, I can't keep names.
1: Scorpio Scott. And they have good, you know, they, they, they slow down a little bit. They actually have a match. But like, you put them in there with the Lucha Brothers, and you're going to be like... Brrr, right, okay. But, and video it go, games.
0: It goes to that thing to having somebody in a match with you, like with uh, Kenny Omega and Jericho. I do not like Kenny Omega's work most of the time. That's just me. Just not my thing, not my cup of tea. But you put him in that match with Jericho, and it was amazing. Jericho slows him down and makes him work. You, he's, got a, he's got a real... Ring, worn veteran, in there with him that knows how the match should work, and the ability to do
1: anything, anything. that he wants to do. Omega, because he's a super athlete. It's just—I mean, I'm not a big fan of his jazz hands. And his, I mean, if that's his gimmick. That's his gimmick. But like, stop, stop trying to like act like Kenny Omega is the end-all, be-all. <laughs> I'm like, oh, will you beat Kenny Omega? And then your average WWE fans like, okay. You get <laughs> this curly headed guy that's kind of jacked,
2: right? Kind of, <laughs> right? You know? kinda. So like, I think what's the deal. I personally think the biggest problem with matches and and stuff like that is is they take out the one thing that wrestling is is based on so much, and that's the psychology of the match. They they forget it's like I was saying. There's no psychology Is 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 when you go out there, you're telling a story from the time that you walk through that curtain. To the time that you go back through that curtain, what you do and everything you do, those people see that, and those people interact with that, and 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 your job as as a as a wrestler is to tell that story and and use that psychology to to where that it's like it's like I, we were doing a, a six man ladder match. And it was the night that Breed won the heavyweight title for the first time in, in, in R.I.P.W. Well, that night, uh, there was three members of, of Hell Sanctuary that, that was Breed and myself and Rage were in that match. And then three other guys. And, and we told the story of Hell Sanctuary has, has 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 basically allowed Breed, these other two guys, have just allowed Breed to just step all over them to get to the top to where he wanted. And 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 we told that story so well that it got people interested in, in what was going on. And and uh that's one thing that the WWE has up on 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 AEW is is they still have that in ring psychology.
0: They they still tell the story.
2: Yeah, they they still tell that story.
0: My biggest issue and with the WWE is the story that they're telling.
2: That's that's the thing like they have become too predictable on what they're doing. And and there's a lot of stuff that's kind of recycled <laughs> material they're they're doing right. it over and over with just change the or, people up so it's new. Or if they, or if if they do
0: introduce something new, they drive it in the ground yes. until it's just mush, and now, you can't go any further with it.
2: Now I stated a while ago that I am a fan of the current product of, of the WWE, and I am, and 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 I'm I'm willing to defend the WWE in, in a lot of things that probably most other wrestlers. Or, or fans or, or whoever would not. But the thing that sets WWE apart from everything else and the thing that makes him so great, in my opinion, is NXT. That's where I see... Uh, uh, uh that's where I'm the most entertained. See, I don't even see NXT as when WWE anymore.
1: I understand completely that it <sighs> is WWE right, and like that's almost a separate product. It's almost AEW,
2: NXT and WWE and, and I think NXT's leading the back. Shout out to Triple H. <laughs> like, <laughs> and and I, I I have a strong feeling and it's nothing against Vince McMahon, because I love what he has done for the, this business. Oh, yeah. And and let's face it, guys, it's thanks to Vince McMahon that we're sitting around here today talking about wrestling. Absolutely. We, we, we have to give him that. Oh, yeah, he
1: definitely and, and, put it on and, the map. Well, I mean, okay, okay. He didn't put it on the map. He put it on TV, national yeah, television. Right. He, I ain't gonna say he put it on the map. Right. The territory days. I'm sure Bill Dundee and, and all those boys, with, <laughs> uh, Crockett, uh, they'd have a whole lot to say about. Oh, it. They yeah. did what? He, he put them where? I remember when Vince right. was in diapers. Right. He
0: made uh, it to where you can make some real, real, real money with it.
2: And as really well, not only, only that, but but I have the strong feeling. That when Vince McMahon steps down and Triple H steps up, we're going to see a different product. Oh, oh, I guarantee see, it. See, and
1: have you not seen lately that Vince announced that Shane will be taking over the company and not tri- not Triple H? Oh, that's been announced. Like he said, Shane will take over the company.
0: But I, Shane I, I grew, I grew up in this man. business;
1: he knows what he's doing. Right? Yeah, he he knows to it. go listen to Bobby and Paul. And but we're about in an hour.
0: So yeah, we we're going to hold it. that thought. And once again, I didn't listen to our whole, I usually list. well, I, I usually listen because we've had so many episodes. <laughs> the first episode, I listened to see how it sounded and how it went. And I didn't get to do that with the second one. So once again, if you heard a pause the last time when we stopped to add more uh, time, to our clock here, we're going to take a break. I'm going to start recording again right after this so we can continue the conversation. We'll be right back. So if it's a pause, don't go away. We coming back. We coming back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is actually our second attempt from coming back from that break. (laughs) We just had an amazing conversation. I feel it was an amazing amazing conversation going on. And somehow the recording deleted. So this is actually our second attempt at the second segment of the podcast. We're going to give it our best shot to recapture what we were saying <laughs> but it's never going to happen i am completely disappointed sorry tim like <laughs> ah, damn anyways we were speaking on shame man taking over the wwe once vince is done and the swan swan song is played and triple H won't be taken over to actually be shame man We'll skip that now because I don't remember exactly what we were saying about it. I know we were saying that McMahon's probably gonna give it to Shane just for the simple fact that he doesn't want or he wants to keep the McMahon name on top of the business. Uh we went God, we went through so much and it's gone now. I'm I'm sad. <laughs> we spoke on
1: NXT kind of being a standalone brand where you know being WWE which I don't really can still think you're considered to be like a WWE and I know it is but it's it's like it's it's own standalone. Right. It's like you got WWE AEW and NXT. Sorry impact Ring of Honor y'all not you are not, y'all are not oh, no, in, in that no, limelight. No. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the sad part is TNA could have been.
1: Yeah and Ring of Honor has some amazing. Right. Oh, talent. Oh,
0: absolutely But <sighs> here we go. We're gonna start this all over again. <laughs> But what I was, and, and uh, initially what I got to was Tim was talking about how he appreciates today's product, likes today's product, and and I don't hate it, absolutely hate it. I like a lot of what the WWE does. I like a lot of, I like some of the AEW stuff, like with MJF and Jericho and all them. They they They're doing some things well, I'm not a huge fan of the product, but what I miss is or what, what hurts me with today's product is I try to compare it to the Attitude Era, which is where I grew up. And Justin, you brought up the point is like, if I watch the Attitude Era now with my adult mind, instead of the mindset of the child that I had when I watched it originally, would I not just pick it apart? And my response to that, <laughs> I'm not going to make this a one-person conversation, I promise. My response to that was, yeah, I mean, maybe, some of it, yes. Some of it I would pick apart and I would absolutely hate even more than I really didn't like it then. But And the thing that came to mind was, like, I watch it now. Episode for episode on the WWE Network. I, I follow every storyline from 96 to 99 now. I watch them in order with the pay-per-views and everything. And I'm still more entertained with that now than I am the current product. But there was stuff like uh, Val Venus. Like, he had a spot with Kiantai where they were having a little battle because he slept with the, the leader or the manager of Kiantai's wife. And, like, they hang Valvinas from the ceiling by his hands, and they cut off his big, Valvos- Valvoski. His, 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 his big Valvoski. And that's it. Like, you've ended that storyline. You've ended the career of Valvinas because he doesn't want to walk out in public anymore.
1: But, unless they gave him immediate
0: medical attention, obviously his life would right? would bleed out. Right. Oh, absolutely. But, and they didn't call the hospital. They didn't call the ambulance right after they did that because that's your time. But anyways, Val Venus comes walking to the ring the very next show. And it's like, wait a minute. How's he walking? <laughs> How are you okay? How's he standing, let alone walking? And Val Venus goes on to explain that because of the cold air and shrinkage, they missed. That's right, they missed and immediately untied him from the ceiling, didn't take a second shot at it. They just untied him from the ceiling It was like, well, man, you got lucky be on your way. We only do it once. (laughs) Yeah, we only do it once. If you survive, then that's the rule. We have to let you go. And... So, those storylines, they were terrible. And then, like you said, the beaver cleavage segments and all that. It was just, it was a joke. And then, later on, it turned into a domestic abuse thing because the mother of beaver cleavage turned out to be his girlfriend. And she cheated on him with, uh, who was it? Sean Stasiak? Is that who it was? He went by meat at the
2: time. But she had cheated on him. Yeah, because she she joined PMS. Right. And And then. uh, Pretty mean sisters. Right. Yeah, pretty mean sisters, yeah. And. What a play! Then on she basis. comes out to the ring.
0: <laughs> she comes out to the ring while Chaz is in there, and she's like, "Why would you do this?" And it's like, "Why are you just now asking him why he would do it when he is in the ring?" You know. And she's got the. the and it all comes out that it wasn't true, and she was trying to make it up and get him in trouble.
2: But GT terrible, thing right? Yes, yeah. Makeup. And it just that it was a, a story that was never finished. GTV. Right? It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But well, that just disappeared. It just literally just disappeared. <laughs> but. That's that one of the headbangers.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was headbangers, or one of them, and uh, they actually bring the other one into the midst to like be like, man, what's what's going on? (laughs) Like, and that's over, thank God. (laughs) But that's my biggest problem is I compare today's product to the Attitude Era and even the two thousand one to two thousand three era where you had Triple H on top with Evolution and Ric Flair. He's back and managing Evolution and wrestling sometimes and. I just I miss it. That, that's what I miss because I found that to be the most entertaining. The most entertaining era of wrestling was ninety, and ninety six is when like Austin was born. That was my favorite wrestler ever. So that's obviously one of my favorite things to go to in that era. But they didn't get real good until like late ninety eight on into ninety nine, and stuff started heating up and it got better. But you don't see any of that today. You see a bunch of flippy, floppy, no-sale
2: I think stuff. one of the biggest problems, and, and I mentioned earlier that I, I actually think I mentioned this on the other segment. Let's uh, not talk about the other segment. <laughs> uh, I I think uh, one of the biggest problems, and I, I'm a WWE fan, and I would defend the WWE in, in any debate, and any argument, because I'm that guy. You right. Know? <laughs> But uh, I think I one of too. the I think one of the biggest problems is it's just too scripted. Yeah, and and I think you all said Ambrose had released a statement saying they, they told uh, him it, exactly what he had. He to literally say. handed him a script right. and said, "This and, is what you do." Yeah, and, and and like for me, it's like we were talking about uh, uh, one of our matches, and uh, that's what we, got us there. We we <laughs> we pretty much Shakespeare. The entire match except right. for the home spot, and a lot of it was I wanted to see what you were capable of and and, and where you were were coming into this new Dominic McVeigh character right. in my third match, and and <laughs> <laughs> that's when you decide to test the guys when he's on his third and, match. And so so uh, the the match I'm talking about is uh, uh, we were in Russell County. And uh, we we were doing an October show and it was really cold. Don't do outside shows in October. No, it was an outside show. Maybe Val Venus was in an outside <laughs> <October>
0: show. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you do an outside show in mid October, that's how you get pneumonia.
1: Yes, <laughs> they at least give you chili on your
0: hot. Our lungs, lungs
2: no for, for chilies.
0: Oh, actually, yes. Yeah. Well, actually. We had to buy them because it was fair con- or, uh, J.C.'s concessions. But <laughs> trust me, I bought some chili dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and what I was getting and what we were talking about during that match is like when we all got in the back, they told me I was working Tim. And Tim and I, we started talking about the match, what we're going to do, how it's going to go. But Tim names a home spot. And then he's like, all right. And I'm like, all right. You mean, all right, we're going to go over the rest of the match later? Or, like, when it's closer to time so we don't forget anything? Or do you mean, all right, like, that's what we're going to do, and then we're just going to go to the ring and get there? That's what we did. The, the latter of <laughs> the two, that's what we did. And then after the show, people were coming up to me and saying, man, that was the match of the night. That was awesome. That was the that was the best match of the night. And me, that was, like, my third match. And I was like, thanks. Like, that that meant a lot to me. But... In hindsight, well, even hindsight, I knew when they told me was, it wasn't me. I didn't do that. You did that, being (laughs) Tim. Like, Tim, when you're working with Tim, he didn't have to say anything. I mean, there was a couple times, you know, maybe he did, but I could just tell by certain things that you did that would give me a sign of what you wanted to happen next. You didn't even have to say it. It just happened. And I knew immediately, just by the way you looked at me, I knew what you were wanting me to do. And that that says a lot because I'm not just blowing smoke. For a guy that's been in the business for, at that time, maybe a year, and that was only my third match because I'd worked security and referee and all that, and you just made it easy for me. And, and there was, like, the part I brought up in that segment, and you know, I'll, I'll say it because I thought it was – I think it's a funny moment for me because Tim goes to push me into the ropes and he says, "Take a belly to belly." Shoots me off the rope. I'm, as I'm as he's shooting me off, I say, "I've never taken one of those." Tim says, "Take a flip up, boom!" <laughs> and like there I am flying through the air like I just took a belly to belly and and landed it and landed it, it perfectly. <laughs> And, and Tim taught me mid match how to take a flip bump <laughs> or how to take a belly to belly suplex, and I'd never taken one before.
2: I did not know he had never taken one before. <laughs> in hindsight, <laughs> you, question, you ever taken a belly to belly?
0: And that's that's You're going to. <laughs> and that's why, like, I can't wait for Justin to get to work Tim at some point in, you know, in your tenure with RIPW or, or wherever, you, wherever you go. Like, I, I can't wait to see you get to work, Tim, because you're an athletic enough guy, and, like, from your training, you can see that he's going to be talented. He's going to, he's going to do well with wrestling. Justin's going to have no problem. Once he gets in there, gets the green knocked off because he's going to be nervous walking out the curtain the first time. But Everybody is. Like, I hope for your first match you get somebody like Tim because he makes it easy. And I have no doubt that if I could go back to my very first match, Tim, if you gave me an option, if I could go back knowing what I know now, if you gave me an option of anybody in that locker room to work my first match, it wasn't, but it would have been Tim. I would pick Tim because, or Breed. Breed made it really easy on me too. But me and you, we just had like a chemistry that I never would have really expected to have. And to have that chemistry after the story I told
2: about how all this comes full circle, that's pretty cool. It, it is. It, it's really cool, and and the the thing is, we we were talking at, at the front of this uh, podcast about me breaking in, and and I said that there were three people who trained me, and 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 that's true. The physical aspect was more my mom and and my brother. Now, Breed had a hand in that. Don't get me wrong. Breed had a huge hand in 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 my training. Uh, but the thing that Breed taught me the most about was the psychology of the business, and 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 being able to read your opponent, being able to 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 tell what they're doing, uh, know where you're at, be aware of your surroundings, and 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 be aware of of the direction that the match is going. And and if you notice, one of the great things about this business and and justin you'll you'll pick this up a, as it goes along, and I'm sure you already know this but but there's a lot of times and and for the biggest part of the time, the best wrestling writes itself and uh uh kind of like that there was this uh the night you won the full throttle title um something that was not supposed to happen was. After I came out and I hit uh Devin Blake, shout out to Devin Blake, Devin Blake with the uh with the uh with the hardcore title, I dropped the belt. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped the belt and I ran to the back <laughs> and I completely forgot to pick the belt up while I was running to the back. Well, after the match, Devin's like, What happened? What who hit me? And then he looks down and there's the, the hardcore title. Yeah. And and I was the hardcore champion, and then it became clear, it was Tim Starr. Tim Starr right. came out and helped his buddy, right, And yeah, and so so it's one of them things that that, uh, uh, sometimes those small things that you can throw into a match end up being the big oh, thing man. that people remember, and and it makes it and and just added to the story, and 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 it all comes back to that psychology. You know, we didn't need a script. For that match, uh, there was another match me and you had done where that we had uh, we had planned on doing just we were in a tournament or something, and and we go out and we do uh, uh, star oh, Inc. when we were star ink, yes, yeah, we were star ink, and and we were uh, we were kind of forced in that position,
0: of right? Because we both won our matches, it was a gold rush tournament, we both won our matches, so it pitted Tim Starr against Dominic McVeigh, who are tag team partners. And me and Tim had decided that we were going to go out there and make it a little powder puff match to where we, we don't really hurt each other. And we were going to go the whole match that way. Tim was going to roll me up, pull the tights, beat me, and me be like, what? That's not what we planned, you know? Well, at the beginning of the match, Braddock stands up, the commissioner at the time, and says, if you don't make a competitive match, Dominic, you're suspended, and Tim, I'm taking your title. And we're and like, oh, that threw no, a monkey into the whole match. <laughs> so, so we go out there. We start the match off as we planned, and we both we both take turns trying to cheat each other out of the victory in a very easy fashion, so that we don't hurt each other. But then we realize we turn it into, oh, we've got to make this competitive because neither one of us is going
2: to lay down right, for the other. Like uh, just the egos of right. Tim Starr and Dominic McVeigh are just too big. Right. Yeah. And, because and I'm not going to lay down for you. Right. You're not
0: going to lay down for me. And it Just worked, so that's another one of those unscripted because we didn't know Braddock was going to say, you know, right. <laughs> make it competitive, so we had to make it competitive, and that was the perfect way to lead into that. Was like, okay, you rolled me up and tried to pull my ties, and I'm like, wait, no, that's not how that's no. We said we said we was taking it easy, yeah, we didn't say nothing about who was going to win,
2: right? So, there you go, and and so like, there, that, that's some of them, them. I'm, I'm, some more of that little sprinkle, little yeah. bit of, of You just flavor on it, right? And, and uh, even that night, people walked up to me and they was like, Man, you and Dominic had the match of the night. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, I'm not even tired. Yet. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, like at that point, I'd done fault twice, right? uh, like one or two matches, yeah. And and then, of course, me winning that match put me further in the tournament. Having to compete again. So, right. So, like, I, I wasn't even tired. And I'm like, really? Right. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that makes, this makes
0: this Nets match much easier. Yeah. And, like, once again, I'm not trying to blow smoke. Because I have a high respect for Tim. Because Tim Tim probably taught me more during a match than... Anybody else has, other than, like I said, maybe Breed. You and him. I've had great matches with y'all. And then, uh, as I said on the last podcast, Honcho, he he had a... You taught me a lot. And you made it easy for me to go through the match. Honcho pushed me further mm-hmm. to do the things I weren't wasn't exactly comfortable with doing. But he was like, you can do it. He explained how to do it, and I did it. and I, So... I, I show off a little bit more of my what, whatever little bit of potential I have. I show off a little bit more of that in the match with Honcho because he pushed me to that point. And once again, congratulations, Honcho. I'm giving you a shout-out again. I'm not going to go back into that because I already <laughs> tooted his horn we enough. We talk about Honcho a lot. <laughs> well, how could you not? A guy that handsome, I mean. <laughs> and shiny. And shiny. Wonder what does that. baby <laughs>
1: I heard he sweats
2: baby
0: oil. Maybe he does. I'm sure he does at this baby point. Baby oil, you mean he's not naturally that shy? He's
2: not naturally that <laughs> He's glistening? just
0: a really clean person, he,
1: guys. He, he, he just glistens. He glistens. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> olive oil. Y'all just don't know.
0: Right. <laughs> but, no, so I can't wait. I hope, and like I said, I hope you can, you can come across somebody like Tim. Maybe it'll be uh, Dominic McVeigh somewhere down the line. Maybe y'all... <laughs> I believe, I believe, I believe our alter egos have crossed swords a couple of times.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't mean it like that. It <laughs> cross we didn't cross swords like that. But I don't have any match. Like I had a match. You guys had a match. You got a lot of match stories. But yeah. uh, and I mean, I just kind of sit here and listen because I don't have a match yeah, story. I, but but talking about psychology, the the experience that I did have is learning that. And I mean, not that I learned it, but a personal aspect of any feud is going to. A good reason to, uh, you know, hate somebody is mess with their kid. Right. Right. And my first experience in front of a crowd at all was a security guard and a certain little cocky wrestler decided he was going to mess with my kid. So that was our first The psychology behind it stole the show. Right. And Uh, we had friends asking us, personal friends, (laughs) scolding us that we shouldn't be acting like that. In In front front of of Sebastian, Sebastian, (laughs) my son, Jamie's stepson, and you know, saying, You're you're role models to that kid. And it it was it was incredible to see that like people that even knew us personally just bought into it so well.
2: I think I think my favorite aspect of that particular night was talking to Sebastian after the show. Yeah. (laughs) And, And just being like, So so what'd you think? And he was just excited. That his son got ripped, he was part and, of the show. Yeah, he got to be a, he got to have a spot <laughs> in a wrestling event. Like he was ecstatic
0: at what <laughs> nine nine ten yeah. years old at the time, and and one thing that I noticed about you during that, and I actually watched that match last night on my well, I actually mirrored it to my TV and I watched the, the spot with me and you, and one thing that I noticed that you did really well and it came very natural. Was you were able to channel that anger as if that wasn't a spot, as if this prick really came over, grabbed your son's son and ripped it that anger that you would have in real life you were able able to betray that and not really be that angry,
1: yeah, because you would help me to do that to someone who you know disrespected Sebastian in a real real right. manner in an actual setting, so it wasn't obviously.
0: Right and never could I think and, then, and not only not only did, did did Dominic disrespect your son and completely, you know, rip his heart out by ripping his sign when you just tried to stop me from doing it. And then I pie faced you. So now you're, cha- now you're and if you don't know what a pie face is, I put my hand on his face, said get out of my face, and pushed him backwards. So then you channel in that anger as well. So I'm just, I mean, I've got you to a boiling point. And if you go back and watch that video, which you can't because it's not available unless you come to me and I'll show it to you on my phone. But I think John at some, it. At, oh, does it. At some point, I'd like to put it up on YouTube. But if you could go back and watch that, you will see that both of us, our faces are filled with blood and we look like we really want to kill each other. Like, literally. And that was your first spot. That was your first spot in front of a crowd, period. And you pulled it off well. And that's another reason that I think you're gonna do just fine in wrestling because you can you can use that psychology. You can show that emotion. You can sell. Like And another that the uh, good three minutes before that spot was about to happen
1: everything in my mind was like, there's the door.
0: Run. Right. (laughs) Run Run away. Don't do it. And, and, I mean, and, and on top of that, like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that's what you, my first match with Jimmy Lamb, that's what I was thinking, what are you doing? You've never done this before in your life. You've been training for six months. How much, how good can this really go for you? You're 27 years old. You're getting into the business later than what you really should have. And, Maybe you should just not do this. Maybe you should just tell him never mind and tell them, have someone else accept Jimmy Lamb's open challenge. Yeah, that's and exactly
1: how I felt right? trying to even walk, knowing that I was going to walk up to you. Just,
0: But then on top of that, not only then, but you go back five minutes before that, me and you are having a conversation behind the curtain. I mean, if anybody knows me and Justin, let me tell you about my best friend. <laughs> and like, so... You can go from that to the kind, of, the kind of, I hate saying acting. I don't like saying that word when I'm referring to something in wrestling. But acting, that's what it was. You acted like you wanted to kill me at that very moment. And it was, it was gold. People in that building, nobody in that building knew that that was a work at the time. Somebody actually commented on that video on Facebook and said, if this is a work, it's the best work I've ever seen.
1: I was in a locker room and someone, a worker, actually asked me, it, okay, man, I've seen that video where he was a security guard with that wrestler. Was that was that a work? Was that a shoot? Right. And he was a worker. That's he a, knows. That's, a, yeah,
0: that's another wrestler
2: asking you that. So I, It just went over so
0: well. And I, I, I can't think wait what to makes make until can getting the ring together. I think it's going to be I gold. think
2: what makes that whole night... Uh, just from my perspective, so great was was the fact that as soon as he went came back through the curtain, which which if you go back and you watch, when all of that's going on, uh, we're taking we're taking Dominic back and and like he's still trying to get out, and we're just like Dominic, let's go, we got to get out of here, and and it it was kind of that I call it the Montreal screw job effect of how that they were taking Shawn Michaels out. And, and they were like, we got to get you out of here. Like, like things have gone chaos the way that we had done it. And so, like, we're back there. And, and we're laughing because everything went perfect. And then when he finally comes back to the back, and, and like, I think you guys hugged that night. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, like, the first <laughs> thing that happened was, was y'all hugged. And, and, like, he instantly went from... From from we should have been the best friends that, tag team, <laughs> like in front of that curtain to being in character and then behind that curtain where that he's okay. Now he's back to Justin, and of course he, his 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 momentum still pumped. Like he's still hyped and got like that everything. adrenaline going. Yeah, that adrenaline's going, and and he was able able to channel the difference though between who his character is and who he really is. There was that switch. Yeah, like like there's always that switch that you gotta you gotta turn it off. And and I will tell y'all a story about my first wrestling match. Um, Breed had, had hooked me up with, with some promoters, uh named, named Matt and Jeremy Brake. Shout out to Matt and Jeremy. Uh, and I had went to a, a wrestling show up theirs one time and I decided instead of like I was being introduced to the promoter, but me being stupid and, and, and arrogant and thinking just because I was trained by my mama and a couple of my friends and my, or, well, my friend and, uh, well, really, brother. Uh, That's not my drink over, folks. <laughs> um, I, I was being, uh, uh, kind of arrogant to him and and uh, basically what happened was I kind of went into character and since I went into character I let my ego get the better of me and I accidentally insulted the promoter of the company <laughs> well uh <laughs> a story you can ask Breed uh, I, I accidentally insulted uh, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was Matt and I walk back to, uh, uh, well, I come back for my first show. And the only thing I'm thinking that night, my nerves are just yeah. tore up. And the only thing I'm thinking is, please don't remember me. Please <laughs> don't remember me. Yeah. And the first thing he says when he sees me is, I remember you. You're that guy that insulted us. Well, tonight you're going to get chance to put your money where your mouth is. Which, like, when you have your first match, your nerves are already (laughs) shot. That's double. You get stiffed 80 times in that match. And so, like, I I don't remember everybody that was in that match. I do remember that it was a triple threat tag team match, and since I had this ego, they wanted me to be the one who who was pinned and and took the home spot and And I remember standing behind the curtain that night and just thinking, God in heaven above, if there's one prayer that you can answer in my life, answer this one. Please don't let me suck out there. Please. And it was your first match. (laughs) It was my very first (laughs) match. And, And like I go out there. We do the match. I do the home spot, and we come back. Matt Brake looks at me and goes, how long you been wrestling? I said, this was my first match. He goes, no. He said, no, you've been wrestling at least six months. I want to know how long you've been wrestling. Look, this is my first match. Mm-hmm. And he starts getting he, – he's persistent, and he starts getting mad at me. Yeah, I think I've heard this and, story. And he goes, he goes – I'm going to ask you one more time. (laughs) You're going to tell me the truth. And if you lie to me again, you will not wrestle in my ring again. How long have you been wrestling? And then Breed overhears a conversation. And he was the heavyweight champion for the company. At the time, he walks up and he says, Matt, this is his first match. (laughs) And, and, And then Matt, he goes, welcome to the family <laughs> and he give me a hug and like for that to be my first match it was like I um, like Tim Starr's career almost ended that night <laughs> <laughs> but
0: and that 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 means a lot because I like when I was training before I had my first match third people there would be people come up and be like so how long, how long have you been training and I'd be like this is my third session and they'd be like Give me that look, and they were like, "No, there's no way you've been, you've been, you've had three sessions." And I'd be like, "Yeah," and for them to be like, "Wow, that's that's awesome," you that's that's awesome, and that does something like inside inside the stomach here. It's like wow, because growing up loving wrestling, to know that you're actually at least mediocre at wrestling. You could actually put on a show and entertain someone with it. That means a lot.
1: Yeah, I got that with the the first like few training sessions. It was like, oh man, how how long have you been training? You know, like you get up on your bumps and whatever, right? And it's like, oh, this is my second second.
0: Yeah, it's about the fortieth <laughs> minute I've been in the rest of The fortieth <laughs> <laughs> minute, uh, and that was that's awesome. Or like even since we've moved to Irving, there's been people come up and I've had plenty of matches. Now I don't know the number. I've had plenty, and people will be like. So how long you been working? And I'll be like two years. Or like in my first year, I think I had, we'll say my second year, I think I had like my fourth, fifth, and sixth match in my second year start, you know, to start the year off. And people would be like, how long you been working? I'd be like, ah, that was like my fifth match. And they'd be like, look at me. And it's like, dude, that was really good. And I, And sometimes there's that side of me to where I can't accept a compliment. Like it makes it really hard for me to like, I mean, no, man. That's, you ain't gotta be nice, <laughs> but then there's the side of me when they say it, and it's like, man, that's awesome. That's like awesome to have somebody
2: think that you were entertaining
0: in there, especially that early in your career.
2: And I think I think one person that we can we can give credit to for for really all three of us is Breed. And, and and because the his method of training and, and the way that he handles things, the way that he, he does things, he's not one of these guys that's going to ask you to do something he can't do. He's not going to say, okay, y'all go over there and give me 150 squat thrust and then uh, do five hundred push ups and run around the ring four hundred <laughs> times, you know, right. he he's not well he's I think we ran around the ring about four hundred times. Yeah, but, uh, the
1: exercise part's not what, what gets and, you and, right? Right, and to be ready for exercise. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you're not and, ready for those bars.
2: Well well he uh, well even then he makes sure that you are comfortable enough right. with yourself. That is one thing before that he's before he, he's willing to be like, okay Right, Right. and that's one.
0: That's one of the things that I think. think, you brought up like not being basically not being a a prick. Like I get when you put somebody out there and you put them through the ringer to see if they're going to come back because if they come back after you've killed them, then obviously they want to be a wrestler and they'll they'll do just about anything to be a wrestler. But I think Breed saw how serious, probably the three of us were about it and how bad we really wanted it. So he didn't have to do that. He knew he didn't have to stretch us to see if we come back, because he knew we were coming back. And I'm glad he didn't do that because it's like how we discussed on the on the uh, last podcast with Breed was like, yeah, maybe that maybe that's good to make sure that the guy's really serious about being wrestling. So you're not about being a wrestler, so you're not wasting your time. But what if you injure that guy? Like we discussed, uh, Hulk Hogan getting his leg broke while training. What if that what if that had done something that he couldn't have came back from? Right. You're talking probably the biggest name in the history of
2: wrestling would have never happened. What if you injure somebody doing that stuff? Right. And and it's it's one of them things like you, you really want people to know what they're doing right. because it is so dangerous. Oh yeah. And and like, like when you're out there there's so much responsibility that falls on you because you've got you've got to tell that story now now, I'm the type of person I'm sure y'all are well aware of this now. If I walk out and the crowd's dead, I'm going to run my mouth, and I'm going to make them so mad to the point to where they have no choice but to respond to Tim Starr when I come out because if they don't respond to me, I'm going to sit there and insult them. And I'm gonna call them redneck hillbillies and teach them how to use soap and tell them they need to brush their teeth. No, I don't have any. (laughs) And I'm gonna do whatever whatever I can in order to get that reaction from them. Like you've got that responsibility, but then there's also the aspect of when you get in there, like like you want to protect who you're working with, and and like you you're trusting that they'll protect you as well and so like like at the same time, you're trying to make it look good for the fans, you're trying to make it you're you're trying to protect the guy, you're trying to tell the story, and you're trying to make your stuff look great and and like you've got all of this stuff that's like kind of falling in on you and and you have you you got a lot of responsibility, and so at the end of the day, whenever you do walk back to that curtain, you can walk up to that guy you work and be like, hey, good match. Yeah. Instead of somebody calling an ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's blood everywhere. Why'd you let me do it? It was such a bad idea. <laughs> or, being, or being super
1: angry at the person. And I think, I think that goes a long way in having friends in yeah. the locker room. Because you, back to my first spot, that small sample size, but... I was responsible for tackling you onto a concrete floor, which you took it beautifully onto my already damaged hand. But <laughs> at that point, I put my hand under you like a dummy, and the 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 nervousness of what if, what if, what if I do something wrong and hurt you. This is concrete; you know, it wouldn't take much. All you gotta do is hit the wrong
0: bone, land on the wrong. Uh, and you said that to me. Yeah. You said that to me beforehand. You're like, my, I'm just focused on doing this to the point to where when we walked back into the curtain." I can still talk to you. Yeah. At, or you could have talked to me anyways, very likely, but you're not talking to me laying on a stretcher.
1: Yes. Right.
0: And, which, once again, if you don't know the relationship that me and Justin have, let me tell you about <laughs> my best friend. I have no doubt that if Justin had have seriously hurt me, he probably would have never came back to wrestling. Probably would have broke and checked on it, right? Oh yeah, like oh my god! Speaking of, <laughs> that, I, I didn't get to say this earlier,
1: but like we were talking about me and you and selling so well and everything, but that segment would have went over if it wasn't for everybody else who essentially broke character. Oh yes, Tim Breed, my wife Safira, everybody went from their straight characters to oh god, there's a. Fight. It's a show! It's Break a show! It they up. even said
0: Break it's it a up. show, man.
2: And but see, that was exactly what we wanted to do, right? We wanted, yeah, like, it so well. Yeah, and 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 it's them little things that that we throw in there. It's you just give a, a little more season yeah, on it, a little pizzazz. Yes. And, yeah, just a uh, what's that? But, and, Emerald bam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: And and that. And, but but saying that, like you said, I landed on your already injured hand. Justin put his hand there because he was trying to give me as much cushion from that yeah. concrete floor. <laughs> And Yeah, and, he's not Tim Star. He used to fucking <laughs> on concrete. Well, and <laughs> it was one of those things. It was, <laughs> it was like, when, he, when he's talking to me about this, I'm like, dude, just do it. I got this. Like, if, if I hit my head on the concrete, that's my fault. It's not your fault. My job taking that spear is to make sure, chin's tucked, I smacked the floor. It's, gonna, it's not going to tickle no matter any time you hit the concrete floor, but it, it's my job to take that bump safely. Right. But for him to care... That much the word. that's what he was stressing over. Not how he looked in front of the audience. Not, you know, what kind of response it got. But, like, I just want you to be safe once it's done. That's the way everybody that walks into a wrestling ring needs to look at it. Because a lot of the... A, a lot of the or the main thing. No, the main thing about wrestling is both of you walked back safely and enjoyed putting on that show. Right. And, for example... It, when I was still pretty green, I was in a battle royal and this guy puts me on the ropes and he, he's going to do like this neck breaker off the ropes. But as he's lifting me up for a suplex position, he can't get me up that well. Like I'm jumping and I'm coming right back down and I'm like, Dude, you're not going to get me up. And then he does and he sets my feet on the rope. And I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. And he's got me in DDD, DDT position. He's not holding my arms, like so I have no idea what he's about to do, so I'm like, DDT, that's what I'm expecting. Well, instead, he does this spinning neck breaker type thing off the ropes, back of my head, hits his nose, my neck pops, I'm hurt, and it busts his nose wide open, I, I mean, it. he got injured, and I immediately feel bad about it, because being the rookie, I just assume it's my fault. And that was di- not the, your fault. <laughs> the, but the, the, the guy gets mad, and I wish, I wish I could have had the opportunity to sit down and had a cool, calm, and collected conversation with him and just put that in the past. And if I ever run into him again, I'd shake his hand. He, did he react poorly to the situation? Yes. Yes, he reacted poorly to the situation.
2: Did that happen I, in Russell County? That was in
0: Russell County, the, the fair show. Um. I I, that was I just, a really
2: cold show, wasn't it?
0: No, I think that there was like the fair. I think that was the fair in like June. <clears throat> but I
2: remember that.
0: Yeah, but
2: I remember that we was didn't not wa- your fault. Right, we, we <laughs> one
0: bit. We didn't walk back to the back as friends. And that until it until the, up till now has stuck with me. It's one thing that i I'll, I'll probably never forget. And I have no ill will against the guy whatsoever. I mean, he got mad. You know, I guess it happens. But I feel like there should have been at least a point to where he chilled out and we discussed the situation.
2: And he didn't let that happen. No, he, he, he wasn't willing to let, let that
0: happen. happen. And, and there's another thing. Is I, I appreciate Breed because he went in the back to talk to him because I knew I couldn't. If I'd walked back there, it had been a fight. And, you know, I had walked away from it on the outside because of the fans and because it that didn't need to happen out there because I'm sure the Athletic Commission wouldn't get involved in something like that. because it, Yeah. And, but if I'd walked back to that back and he had tried the same stuff that he tried on the outside, it would have been a fight because I'm not going to be pushed over by anybody. I'll respect a veteran all day long. I'll stand up and give him my seat. I don't care about, you know, that's fine. I understand that. They've been in the business longer than me. But... That was a poor reaction, and it's nice when I can go somewhere and we care yeah. about walking to the back and If it's an accident, it's an accident accident I've been potated before i've been i've been punched in the mouth pretty hard and I've had my lips busted i've had you know Your nose I, i've had my nose busted, which i fair enough right there. You've, like, been in, you've been on both sides of that. Though. But, yeah, and, and I didn't react the best starting off, but I didn't do it in front of the fans. I walked to the back. Yeah. Was I mad? Oh, I was pissed. Yeah, no, I was <laughs> standing
1: in front of you, stopping you I mean,
0: from making board decisions. I was, I was, I was angry. I essentially carried you outside. But when, it, when, when, it, when I got a minute to go outside, Justin helped me chill out. I chilled out. Guy comes up. He apologizes. I shake his hand. You know, would I ever work him again? No. No. <laughs> No, I would not, because on the contrary, like, my thing was a completely understandable accident, like, I feel, that I was, one, I was green, two, you don't take bumps like that in the Rumble, or in a Battle Royal, this match, I, I called the spot, I called it, Like, it wasn't made clear to me what I was supposed to be doing when I was propped up on them ropes. It was made very clear in that spot in the match what was supposed to be done. I didn't mess that up, the other person did. And, in result, you know, the result of that was me having to lay at the ring with my head tucked up against the apron because
2: in Kentucky, you can't bleed without permission. (laughs) And,. And there's times where you don't really know. I remember there was one time where that uh uh I was in a hardcore title match with Rage. And uh I actually think this might I was be- gonna bring this up
1: about <laughs> bleeding and like you gotta uh, and, get the you know, you, you gotta and, get, and, like, get the
2: home spot. They they said that I was bleeding and and like I reach up and I feel my head and I don't see no blood coming out, but, but, uh, what it actually ended up being was I wasn't actually bleeding. What it was, was, uh, I was almost bleeding. It just <laughs> turned red. Right. To the point Blood where was it, at the, skin blood, the yeah, skin. blood was at the skin. And, and so like I hadn't actually, the skin hadn't actually broke. And so, uh, but nonetheless, I did what I was supposed to do and, and we went on and went home. I think it was not so fair. That's debuting. why you're so. You said you were and, so worried about keeping was, the blood. Like, yeah, out. like I was so worried about just making sure she got that spot, right, so that she could come in and she could have that moment, because because there's only one time you get that moment. Yeah, because that was that her debut. There's only one and, debut, and, and so like it was it was. I, I really really wanted her to have that, and then here I go and rage. What it was <laughs> was the the. Trash
0: can I think
1: it was a trash can. Wave. Yeah, I
2: think so. Uh, the handle when when he was swinging it on me flew off, and the hole that let the handle left <laughs> hit my hit my forehead poked edge, the skin. and and it kind of poked the skin there. And then like I'm laying down sailing and like I turn around, and the referee's like, "Oh, color, color, color!" <laughs> like, hey, we going home? <laughs> like it wasn't five minutes into the match. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah and. Uh, and, like, sometimes stuff like that happens. And, and you can
0: react quickly to that. And, like, and that's good. like
2: you, you got to know what you're doing in situations like that, you know. And and it, it's one of them things, like, uh, three people I absolutely love working in RIPW. And I'm, I'm going to gonna toot his horn a little bit here again. But it's Bree, Dominic McVeigh, and Braddock. I can pull out my best stuff with those three guys, and that's not pulling, taking anything away from the rest of the locker room. There's some guys. You have like, chemistry uh, with
0: some guys. Yeah, like, like
2: you have chemistry with some guys. I have chemistry with Devin Blake. I've just not got to work Devin Blake a whole lot. Right. I have chemistry with, with Ray Adams. Me and Ray has done a lot. I've had chemistry with Panic. It's just when it comes to, to – I probably have more chemistry with Breed because, like we, Boy. we literally just when we're in a match, we beat the crap out of each other. There, I mean, it's 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 not. With I mean, ninety percent of that casket match that that we had back in December, it, it was Shakespeare, right. <laughs> like we we came up with the home spot, obviously we came up with the spot at the front where that he flicks my nose and I come after him and he, uh, bubba, but buster me. And that was it. Everything else was pretty much Shakespeare. And right. He called it right there on the and, spot. And, and I like matches that way
0: better. Like I like it when it's, uh, Shakespeare more. Well, I like to have like a, a, a beginning spot and a home spot. Like I do like that because that gives you, you know where you're starting. Yeah. And you know where you're ending. But see, like there's a lot of there's a lot of times when we're in the ring, I don't hear that well in the ring for some reason. Right. I don't hear that that well anywhere, really. <laughs> but in the ring, you've got so much going on. Every move you make, you the ring's moving. Yeah. You, you know, and somebody will be like, I don't want to take a line. And as they're shooting me off, I'll be like, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> it's like you, say, you said take a line yes not like 80s wrestling take a line no no no, no you guys that's... take
1: a clothesline <laughs> right <laughs> not like take no, a line yeah, oh yeah, yeah back yes. in the day if Jake Roberts told you to take a line you take <laughs> a line <laughs> you take a line
0: <laughs> no like take a clothesline and they shoot me off the rope and as I'm being shot off to the other rope <laughs> I couldn't hear you no, so no. you better telegraph this one because this is gonna be bad if you don't perfect example and he played it off very well uh, the Adair County show where Honcho Hensley he shoot me off the ropes, and all I heard was shoulder block. I assumed I was taking the shoulder block. What he said was, Give me a shoulder block. <laughs> so when I hit, he fell and I fell, and he played it off well. He sits up and he kind of laughs. He says, He's so small, he fell, and like. And I don't know if any fans heard it that night or not, but as I roll over to my stomach, I look up at him. My bad, <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of giggles, and but it worked, and that's it's, it, it, chemistry. That's yeah. what it all comes down to—is having that chemistry, and that's why I like the Shakespeare, is because I've got the chemistry with you to where. You ain't really even gotta say take a line. You'll shoot me off, and you'll give me some kind of some kind of signal that I know I'm taking a line, like that clothesline. I'm taking a clothesline. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, thank you, Justin, because now I can no longer pronouns. (laughs) pronouns. Actually, actually
1: have some uh,
0: some thoughts on this from
1: being in the ring of. Our last encounter where I was supposed to duck under right? yeah. and hit the ropes. And since you had been you know, driving a truck for 14 hours and then drove straight to Irvin and been up for 20 hours, you were like, you know, oh, I forgot. We'll skip the clothesline yeah. part. So I was but I to, didn't I was tell anybody, to, anybody else. <laughs> <a clothesline. laughs> I was supposed to duck under, hit the ropes, and hit you with the spear. And as I got to you and I ducked under, you started bumping. And I was just like, Shit. Grab him. <laughs> Grab him. If you duck under right now, what, did yeah, you win? Talk, right. Like, oh, my God, he ran past him so fast
0: yeah. that he knocked him down. Right. And You're really fast. Yeah, but you saved that. That, that had nothing to do with me because I, I was taking the bump. There was no coming back from taking that bump because if you had not wrapped your arm around me and turned it to a spear, all it was was like you said, he ran past me and I took a bump. It's Flash Gordon. We're going to change your name.
2: Um, granted, Atlas, I was watching this kind of upside down, but from my angle, <laughs> where that I was hanging over the rope, I couldn't tell that it was messed up. Oh, no, I watched so, the video, so and so it like still it looked, looked great. It looked, it looked great. Another reason that
0: I think Justin will do just fine in the world of wrestling. You've got to be able to improv something. Yeah. But sometimes you got to improv a lot. <laughs> Yeah, when Tim Starr just gives you a home spot, to come on. <laughs> I've heard a lot of the
1: pros like you listen to the YouTube, you know, stuff. Listen to pros yeah. talk, and they're like, "You got to be reactive. It's a reactive, you know, deal. Yeah, it's like being a counter puncher. You're waiting for
0: something to happen so right. you can react to it. Right? Yeah, because when when you're that counter puncher, you don't throw the first punch, or else it's it's not a counter anymore. Yeah. Anderson Silva. That's prime example Yeah, we won't get into MMA right now because Super this Saiyan. is wrestling and <laughs> ramblings but at some point you know it's going to happen MMA is coming into this oh, podcast yeah. at some yeah. point we need to like name it wrestling and MMA ramblings ahead of time before. I wish we were watching Tyson Fury and or, yeah, Tyson Fury and Deontay
1: Wilder right now right
0: <laughs> but anyways we are approaching our second hour and I am still upset that we lost that First, we're we're approaching our third hour. But I,
2: technically, I'm it was so, almost to now, right?
0: But we almost had an hour on the last one. I'm still upset that we missed that because I think we we touched on a lot that we had on that one. But I think that one was definitely not matchable. I think that was a really good <laughs> half of the conversation. But we're approaching our second recorded hour, and you got anything you want to plug? Any. Any promotion for yourself, Mr. Uh, Star? Any shameless self promotion? Yeah, there you go. Not
2: really any shameless self promotion other than, I mean, Star Inc. is the greatest tag team of all time. Obviously, you got Tim Star, the greatest wrestler of all time, and, and second Dominic McBee, who is a very close second. Uh, and
1: you had but, a green security guard left <laughs> both of y'all laying. In the <laughs> show. Uh,
2: technically, I was hit with a baseball bat. Technically. The
0: the, the casket. You got the casket too, though. Hey, you're not taking.
2: (laughs) I'll admit that I got hit with the casket lid. You're admitting (laughs) that you got hit with the casket lid. Yeah, well, of course I did. That's how I lost. I was, I was wrong. I don't recommend laying in a casket. (laughs) It's a very. There's only one time in my life that I want to. If you're
0: dead, it's fine. If not, it changes things. It really,
1: really (laughs) changes things. When they wheel you out, and you're just like. Oh, boom, boom. Boom, Time to bury Breed. Oh, shit. Push the gaslight. Oh, God, there's people out here. What do we do?
0: But, Justin, shameless self-promotion? I don't have any shameless self-promotion. You don't have any shameless self-promotion? <laughs> Breed. R-E-E-D. <laughs> no, uh... I'll, I'll promote a little bit of uh, Renegade. We're going to be in Estill County, the Fair Barn, March 7th. Sixth. March 7th. Uh, the Estill County Fair Barn in Irving, Kentucky. Come out and say it. It's worth a drive. I promise we're going to put on a show. Dominic McVeigh is there. Enough said. Dominic McVeigh is
1: going to be there. Tim Starr is going to be there. And Atlas Reed <laughs> will be there live and in person.
2: Yeah, he will. Well, that's what we're hoping anyway. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing a little Atlas read. Anyways,
2: hey, listen, can- guys, RIPW. Uh, they're switching to Saturdays now, so the first Saturday of every month, we're we're going to be somewhere. So keep keep up with the RIPW page at uh, the fan page on on Facebook. They got a Twitter account. They got they got uh, they're out on social media. Follow those things. Share them with your friends.
0: And and more and, to, come. And that's more where you're to gonna,
2: come. That's where you're gonna. So.
1: That's where you're gonna find Renegade promos between in the future. Myself, Mister Star to my left, and Mister McBay to my right. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of ramblings going on. So <laughs> get on our social media. Dominic McBay, Tim Star. Do you have do you have a Tim Star
2: page? Uh, I do. It does not get updated very often at all. <laughs> I, I actually had a girl shout out to the girl who used to run the page. And since she oh, stopped.
0: Oh, so Tim Starr is too good to run I, his own I, I, Facebook page.
2: Listen, man. I'm, I mean, the Irish cronies like i I'm, I'm.
0: Would you want a guy like that on your side?
2: partner.
1: I prefer him underneath me usually.
0: <laughs>
1: well, you've been underneath me twice now. So, whatever.
0: In a wrestling ring. And outside the wrestling ring, yeah. <laughs>
1: outside the wrestling ring, on the concrete floor, outside of it, not outside the wrestling business.
0: Right. Yes. Like it was all in the middle of a show. But you want to say that that
2: took a turn there? Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I've never. <laughs> Personal information alert. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let
2: me tell you about my best friend.
1: But Tim, it's man, all a lover's quarrel. <laughs> It wasn't about
0: my kid's son at all. It was about how you broke my heart. (laughs) You broke my heart. I'm going to break your back. But Tim, thank you so much for making the trip from Russell County over to Justin's house to do this podcast with us. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come and do this and listening to us ramble and ask you a bunch of questions that you probably asked at some point or
2: answered at some point probably 10 times before Hey, I enjoyed it and I'd be glad to come back at some point. Just just hit me up. Oh, oh, you're gonna be back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, thanks Tim. We appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you everybody.